0: Hi, this is Walter Montero, and you're listening to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Hey everybody, it's Walter Montero here and welcome to this week's edition of the Real Estate Mortgage Show. This week's edition, or this week's episode, I should say, is five real estate myths that uh, people think are true but uh, are obviously not because they're myths. So at any rate, I just wanted to debunk a few of these things because they do come up from time to time. So I just wanted to uh, discuss them with you. So let's uh, go right to the uh, topic at hand here. The first one is irrevocable times. So the irrevocable time, just so you're clear on that, that's usually clause number one in an agreement of purchase and sale this is the amount of time that a buyer has given a seller in order to deal with an offer and I think we spoke about this uh, a couple of episodes ago but I just wanted to address it again because it does come up quite a bit so the irrevocable time the myth is that the offer has to be dealt with within the time that the buyer gave the offer to the seller and that is a myth okay so one thing I want you to be clear on is that the irrevocable time is only relevant if the offer is acceptable to the seller has written and presented by the buyer so if there's any section of that offer that is not acceptable to the seller then there's going to be changes made to it there's going to be a counter offer so as a result of that that really basically what that does is it nullifies the offer that the buyer has made and it now becomes an offer from the seller to the buyer some people believe that because this magical time limit has been given that the offer has to be dealt with within that time limit it is partially true if the offer is acceptable as I said to the seller as it is written but if it is not then that time is really irrelevant I know sometimes people think oh geez you know they got to deal with this offer before the irrevocable time you know that's not the case at all Uh, there are obligations on the sellers agent that he has to report the offer to the seller as soon as possible but in terms of having to deal with it within that particular time as I said it's only relevant if the offer is acceptable to the seller as it has been written so that's myth number one myth number two has got to do with conditional offers a lot of people think that if offers are conditional so if a house a listing has a conditional offer accepted on it that a buyer can come along and bump that condition or bump that offer with an equal or better offer okay now this again is is a myth but it is there is some partial truth to it so just a couple things I want you to be clear on there if an offer is accepted by the seller and it is conditional it can be bumped if the offer contains what's called an escape clause an escape clause basically allows the seller to go ahead and accept another offer if he happens to receive another offer that is acceptable to him during the currency of that offer okay now there is still notices given and the first buyer still has a a first right of refusal so to speak but if the offer does contain an escape clause then that conditional offer can be bumped If the offer does not have an escape clause, um, then the offer cannot be bumped. And that is typical of offers that are, say, conditional on financing or conditional on inspection. These offers typically do not have escape clauses. So they cannot be bumped. But what a buyer can do, if they choose to is they can go ahead and make an offer on the property and make it conditional on the seller being released from the first offer. We had a situation happen very recently where there was a conditional offer accepted on a property. The offer ended up not coming together. And actually what ended up happening was because it was such a hot listing, a second buyer made an offer on the property conditional on on the seller being released from the first offer. And um, it just so happened that the first offer did fall apart and second offer jumped into first place and, uh, and the second buyer got it. Okay. So it can happen, but just because an offer is conditional just doesn't arbitrarily mean that you can bump it any time you want. There is, you know, a misunderstanding, sort of a mythical understanding about offers on that and I just wanted to to make you clear on that. Okay? Hey folks, it's Walter Montero, just a quick interruption of this week's show. We all know that real estate is a great investment, but wouldn't it be nice to harness the power of that great investment with your RSP? Well, you can. Your RSP portfolio is not just for stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. You can use your RSP to invest in private mortgages. Private mortgages are secured against real property. In our current market, they can yield as high as 14 to 16 percent return. How does that stand up to what your current RSP portfolio is doing now? To learn more about RSP mortgage investing, go to rrspmortgageinvestor.com. That's rrspmortgageinvestor.com let me show you how you can turn your RSP portfolio into a money magnet. That's rrspmortgageinvestor.com Now back to the show. The third myth that I wanted to talk to you about is with regards to holdbacks. Okay so what I'm talking about here is usually after an offer has been accepted its firm we're in the pending period and basically that means the time between the offer became firm and the closing date okay the buyer has the right to do what's called a final inspection okay so they write that into the agreement that they are going to do a final inspection on the house just to make sure that the house is in the same general condition as when they saw it when they purchased it now i've seen from time to time very aggressive buyers sometimes get their back up in terms of maybe you know not remembering exactly what they saw in terms of certain damages to the property or uh, they're unhappy with a, some damage or a stain that happened to the property and, and then the lawyers are demanding a hold back from the proceeds of the transaction in order to compensate for those damages now I can tell you in practice that does happen from time to time and the lawyers do end up coming to an agreement and they can, you know, obviously hold back a certain amount of money in order for the buyer to feel compensated for those damages. But what the misunderstanding or the myth is, is that holdbacks can just be done and that's that's the end of it. The, the fact of the matter is, is unless a holdback is specifically addressed in the agreement when the, the agreement was drafted, then a holdback cannot necessarily be enforced. A seller can refuse to agree to the holdback, and if the buyer refuses to close on the transaction by rights, the buyer is in breach of contract and is, and can be responsible for damages as a result of breaching the contract. So it's a very, very dangerous thing to do. I see it done. I see this muscle flexed all the time, but unless it's in the agreement in writing, it's not necessarily something that can be done just like that okay Uh, again this is sort of getting into the legal side of things I'm not a real estate lawyer but I've you know I've run into this uh, situation quite often and uh, the real estate legal community tells me that unless it's specifically addressed in the agreement then uh, holdbacks can just not be arbitrarily done okay myth number four is with regards to multiple offers multiple offers obviously very common in today's marketplace you know Multiple buyers being interested in the same property. You know, we've got them in our community here, obviously in Cambridge, KW. We've seen as much as you know. Um, I I think my record personally is about 14 offers on one listing. But you know, our our colleagues down in uh, GTA. I mean, these guys see some crazy numbers. I I heard of one the other day that had 73 offers on the same listing, and obviously the myth is is that offers have to be dealt with in in the order in which they were received so let's for example say you've got three offers on a property Uh, offer one uh, is presented first offer two is presented second Offer, offer three obviously presented third a lot of people think that because they were first to the table then their offer has to be dealt with first and that is not the case the seller is in complete control of that situation and they can choose to deal with whichever offer they want to deal with first if its offer number three it's their house they can decide to do it if its offer number one they can go ahead and do it but just because the offers came in 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 that sequential order it has no relevance as to when they can be dealt with during the offer process okay And then finally is uh, myth number five in in regards to dealing with real estate agents for buyers. And some buyers have the belief that if I deal with multiple agents, they're going to help me find a house a whole lot faster. And again, uh, this is not uh, the case at all. First of all, there's a lot of work involved in working with a buyer. There's a lot of time commitment. There's a lot of research. There's obviously offers to be drafted. In today's market, you know, because the market's so crazy, a lot of times you're drafting multiple offers before you end up getting one accepted for your buyer. So there's a lot of time invested in dealing with a buyer. And if an agent uh, senses that you're dealing with another agent, their loyalty to that buyer is going to be very minimal. As a matter of fact, unless, you know, there's a buyer agency agreement, many agents won't even deal with a buyer without having a a buyer representation agreement signed but uh, the agent there are still agents obviously that, that deal with buyers without them and i would say that if if a buyer thinks that dealing with multiple buyers or multiple agents rather is going to help them find a house faster it's not in fact if anything it's probably gonna slow down the process because they the agents are gonna know you're not loyal and um, their first loyalty is going to be to buyers that have made a commitment to them so if you're in the market to buy a house you know I advise people to sign a buyer agency contract and work with that one agent because they're gonna do everything in their power to find you a good deal Okay, so I hope this uh, episode was informative to you. The five uh, myths debunked uh, about real estate agents, or I'm sorry, about real estate. And um, if you have any questions, all the information is at the end of the show. And I hope you have a great week. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Real Estate Mortgage Show. If you have any real estate questions, please direct them to me at 519-624-9222 or Walter at MaximumResults.ca or you can find me online at www.cambridgehouses.com If your interests are in mortgages, please feel free to call 519-624-9222 or email Karen at Karen at MaximumResults.ca or you can find her online at www.M as in Mary, R as in Roger, financial.ca Thanks again for listening and I hope you have a great week.